The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning, happy Thursday, and we welcome to Raising the Bar with me, Amy Bredo, and I will learn to talk before the end of this episode. I will try. Uh, today we are here with my lovely friend, Amy Psycho. Uh, she's been one of my great friends for a few years, and what she has to share today is awesome. Um, Amy and I have been friends, I think, since 2009. Awesome. She was one of my, she was actually my very first personal trainer. She started the uh, trend of me whipping my butt into shape. And through that, we developed an amazing friendship. And I'm super thankful that you're here today. I'm thankful for my friendship. And I apologize to all of you listeners if I get super sappy because it's just how I feel. Uh, Amy is not only a personal trainer and a life coach, but she also is a breast cancer survivor. And I just want her to share a little bit about her life and um, before breast cancer, during diagnosis and treatment, and all the amazing things that she's doing now. She is a beautiful mother of three teenage triplets, which I'm really convinced if that doesn't kill you, nothing will. (laughs) And she's a business owner, and she's an entrepreneur, as well as I said before, a life coach and a coach for uh, women who have been through or are going through breast cancer. So with that, here is my beautiful friend, Amy Psycho. And Amy, I just wanted you to you know, go ahead and say hello. And I just have some questions to ask you as we get started. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me here today. Super excited to be here. Um, yes, like Amy said, I am, um, I've been a personal trainer for probably close to 10 years now, and I am now a three-year breast cancer survivor. So what I have done is kind of incorporated both of those into what I have been doing for the last couple of years, and that is coaching women who have gone through breast cancer or are recently just diagnosed with breast cancer to um, help them through body image issues and just help them along their journey. You know, I have to say, helping people with body image, you know, it reminds me of kind of our funny post-op story. And uh, this is why Amy is perfect for this. Now, I'm in a, I had a hernia issue. So a few years back, I had some hernias fixed. And in the, in the middle, in the midst of fixing those hernias, I might or may not, may or may not have had like a little bit of a tummy tuck action thing happening. And you know what? I'm not sorry. It was amazing. So as that is happening, and that's exciting to fix hernias, let me tell you, and, and get all that taken care of. You know, Amy, you were going through a double mastectomy, getting lymph nodes removed, a whole bunch of things going on mm-hmm. there. And I can remember as soon as I was able to drive, I went to visit you in the hospital. And, you know, here's Amy going through all of this. She's totally doped up on pain meds, which, <laughs> again, not against that either. And um, she's like, let's go for a walk. And now keep in mind, anybody that has ever had an abdominal surgery it's kind of hard to just get up and walk. You know, it takes you some time to get out of that chair. So here's Amy. She grabs her IV. She's walking. I'm walking next to her about two weeks post-op. I'm hunched over. We're walking down the hall together, and she's like hauling ass. I'm sorry. There's no better way to say this. So she's like sprinting, and I'm trying so hard to keep up with her. And the nurse comes up to us, and she's like, what's the matter with you? I'm like, oh, yeah, just had my stomach down. came to visit my friend. She's like, do you need a wheelchair? I'm like, no, but I really would have loved some of those pain meds. <laughs> but that's just, uh, the, you know, it just shows that your spirit and your attitude and your willingness to make, make light in heavy situations, not that you're making light of what you're going through, but if you can't laugh at it, you know, or 
push yourself through, then I think people get stuck in that hole of, of sadness and despair. So I just wanted to share kind of that, that silliness of us and how our, our friendship is. Now, when you talk about body image, I think for me as your friend and in being on that journey as an outsider, I know there was times where you were so peppy and I would like hang up and and cry. Or I remember getting off the phone with you, like, I have to go cry now. I'll call you back. You know, and I just, that was very encouraging and inspiring to me, even at that time when I didn't realize that. And um, I know that having a double mastectomy, I can't, I'm trying to imagine, and I think going through mm-hmm. it with you, I can imagine it, what you went through. Obviously, personally, I don't know. But can you kind of describe how you felt? Sorry, um, you know, you got the call. That is sinking in. You know, and maybe just a few moments, let us know how, what that was like, sharing that with your kids. I mean, how old were they at the time you were diagnosed? They were 10, almost 11 years old. Okay, so that's young. You they know, were young, yes. and, and you have one daughter, you have two boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so maybe just how you shared it with them. And then what were, what was your immediate reaction, you know, between finding the lump, getting the diagnosis, telling your, you know, being there with Mike, your husband, and, and telling your kids, you know, what did that kind of look like for you? What was the picture that was painted in that moment? Sure. Um, well, we were actually on vacation in Puerto Vallarta. It was my 40th birthday, my husband's 40th birthday, uh. and our 15-year anniversary. So we had honeymoon there. So we had taken the kids back kind of to show them oh, that's where awesome. we had gone and right. celebrate our birthdays and all that. And while we were there, I actually found the lump. And I had had um, different cysts right before this. So Luckily, I didn't let it ruin the vacation. I honestly thought it was nothing. Okay. Um, I got back after that and ended up making an appointment, obviously, to go in and get checked out. And actually, it was my normal annual appointment. (laughs) So I almost forgot to tell her about it because at this point, I had really wiped it out that it was nothing in my mind. Right. So she had... Did She did the exam mm-hmm. and then realized and felt it herself. So the next thing is, of course, I went in for the mammogram, went in for an ultrasound. That day I was sitting there, and a lot of times I've gone in because I've had cysts. So right. I've had mammograms in the past, plus I I do have a family history of breast cancer. Okay. So I was sitting there, and normally they say, okay, go on home. Your gynecologist will call you and let you know the results. Well, this day they said, oh, no, the uh, radiologist wants to speak with you. Oh, okay. So they take me back, and I go into this little room, and I went by myself because I really didn't think this was anything, and I've gone through it before, so I really didn't think much of it. So immediately I pick up my phone, and I start texting my husband saying, okay, I'm freaking out why I'm in this little room, what's going on? And the radiologist came in and um, did say that, they were concerned, a little bit more concerned, so they just wanted to go further, and so they did the biopsy, and then I'll never forget, the biopsy was on a Thursday. The same day was the biopsy? Uh, no, this oh. was on Monday. I was back in on Thursday okay. for the biopsy, okay. and had the biopsy on Thursday, um, had, to, had to wait through the weekend for the results, so Monday evening, actually, and I kept thinking as time went on that no news is good news, right. pretty much, you know, that's it's- what you think. Ignorance so, is bliss. Yes. <laughs> so as the day kept progressing, I kept thinking, well, they're not calling me, so obviously it can't be anything. Right. And it was about 6 o'clock that night, and my gynecologist had called me, and when I picked up the phone and heard her voice, you always know it's probably not good news when the doctor calls you. Mm-hmm. So she had just said that, yes, it was malignant and gave me a bunch of information of doctors I needed to call next and kind of took it from there but I remember I was in my closet when I took that call when I took the call and my kids and my husband obviously were aware that I was going through testing that week so I just stood in my closet and I remember her even asking me if I was okay if I was okay because I think I just shut down once I heard those words right so I went in and talked to my husband afterwards and we decided at that moment we had to tell the kids right away so we sat them down and told them, and of course, all of them reacted differently. Right. You know. That, um, I'm thankful that you have the family dynamic that you have. You're all very close. Your kids are close. Everybody talks. And I wanted to just reiterate kind of, you know, you said you had a history of breast cancer in your family, and you were on vacation when you found it. And I think and admit how 
I do not check. Mm-hmm. And I am oblivious and I think, well, it's not in my family or, you know, and, um, and I'm behind on the mammogram scene at all. Maybe I'm refusing to believe them in my 40s. So I'm going to make that phone call today when I get off of here. <laughs> um, so early detection is super important. Yes. Self-checking is super important. And you're very proactive in getting into the doctor right away and, and taking all those steps. So in um, the few moments we have left, I think we've got about five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, so you're diagnosed you make all your appointments um, for your doctor's appointments, and you go through your surgery. So yes. you elected, is that correct? You elected to have the double mastectomy? I did. I could have had a lumpectomy, but where the position of the tumor was, which mm-hmm. was right under my nipple, mm-hmm. uh, there was a good chance that they were going to also have to remove that during surgery. Okay. So when that was discussed, that's when I just decided. to just Plus, I had very um, dense breast tissue. And okay. if you hear from other women that have that, you're more susceptible to, to breast cancer, okay. they've kind of discovered. So with both of those, I felt that was best for myself. Right, right. And I, and I know going through that, um, that had to be a difficult decision, too. And it ended, ended up actually being the best decision you made after all the pathology on the other breast. Yes. So I, I, I'm glad that you kind of just knocked that out all at yes. once. But um, in leading to the path of, of where you're at now with living life sunny side up, which everybody, we are going to share that with you. You know, let's talk about, um, yeah, we've got maybe five minutes here about how it did affect your re- relationships with, with other people. And, you know, then after we come back from the break, I would love to just talk about your own realization of, you know, coming to grips with your own body image because now it's new. It's totally mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. It's before reconstruction. It's during reconstruction. It's, it's after and still what you're feeling and, and what you found kind of in a support community or where you didn't find support, which I think leads us to all the great things you've been working on. So yeah, did you find that it affected your relationship um, better with your family and friends or do you feel that you know how, how do you think people responded to you I think you know, I decided to be very open about mm-hmm. my diagnosis so I it's not something that I tried to hide from people I told my my family right away I told my parents right away I, I spoke to everybody about it and I was very very open about everything that I was going through um of course there were differences right there's and I'm before going through this myself, it was very difficult when you hear about someone having cancer, right. whether it's breast cancer, colon cancer, you know, any other lung cancer, whatever kind of cancer it is, it's very difficult to know what to say to somebody right. and how to react to that person. So my and crying was probably not super helpful. <laughs> well, no, it was, but you reached out. And that's something that I like to get across to a lot of people that are, that know someone that is going through it. That the right. best thing you can do is reach out. And I know it can be very easy to just back away from that person. And I think I did find a few friendships that did take that direction. And it's not harm done on their end. It's just I'm sure they were very uncomfortable with the situation. Okay. Um, so there's differences. And then I've, I had, in a way, it opened up a lot of friendships I hadn't seen in a long time. So okay. I had friends from high school that reached out that I hadn't seen. Kind of made that whole importance in my life, too, to reach out and meet these people and talk to them and reconnect because you kind of realize some of the friendships that you've let go astray a little bit right. just with being busy, right. just with being busy. Um, so it was it was good in that way. That can't imagine why you're busy with you know. Three kids. <laughs> <laughs> so that way it was good that I was able to reconnect with a lot of people. But I do tell the people that are facing someone that they know going through something like this that it's just important to reach out. Just okay. say you're thinking of them. Just say, ask them what you can do for them. So which it, is really important, and okay. hopefully they accept the help too. I'm glad you said that because I know in different situations that have come in and out of my life and with you, you know, because we were friends, I knew I could just look at you and be like, I don't have any words. And I I knew that that was going to be okay and that I was safe to do that and that I could crack a joke if I needed to. If I, if I was uncomfortable, that was okay. If I was like, okay, I know you're good. Like I might, I feel like I need to process and it wasn't me being selfish about your situation. It was just me trying to understand. And I know you had mentioned that Mike, your husband, was, you know, 
obviously we would always expect our husbands to step up to the plate. And I love that that's your story because I, I know mm-hmm. that in some marriages it really can cause a breakdown. Definitely. And you had said something that really struck me. Like Mike was right there, but he also knew like my wife, my wife has to go through this and he had to watch. So right. he was there with you enduring everything, but he also had to watch. And I can imagine if I'm, if I was to watch my husband or a child, heaven forbid, you know, that has got to be such a helpless feeling for your for your family. And so I wonder, too, I think it would be great, um, you know, in the, after the break to talk about maybe what you found and how you could encourage family members, too. Definitely. You know, I know that you're working with a lot of women right now yes. with um, your, your project called Living Life Sunny Side Up. And we're going to go through that in a few moments. But, you know, Amy, I really feel like I... Don't always love it when people say everything happens for a reason, because when stuff like that happens, you want to punch them in the face. And I'm just <laughs> going to be honest about that. You know, and I've we have other friends who have lost children and, and everything like that. And mm-hmm. you can't say that to somebody, even though you have the greatest intentions right. with it. I think that in surviving the illness, uh, loss through the illness, and for the people that have to survive after that, I mean, it's, it's a huge change. So um, in, in talking about those changes and how husbands can better support their wives or, you know, I would love to also hear what tips you give your clients for, you know, the ones that are going through it and maybe don't have um, an engaged husband. And, and I, I don't think it's necessary that those men don't want to be engaged. I think it's fear. Exactly. You know, that, yes. that makes them drop yes. off. So in the next few moments, you know, we are going to be back on Raising the Bar, and we are going to talk more to Amy Psycho and how she is living life sunny side up, a survivor of breast cancer and melanoma. We actually didn't mention that. So we will be right back with Raising the Bar in just a moment. considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start reach out to the community at the echo foundation the echo foundation offers five distinct areas of support for those children in need throughout the world we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond for more information please visit amybrado.com and click on the echo foundation that's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back. You are listening to Raising the Bar. I'm Amy Bredo. I'm here with one of my dearest friends, Amy Psycho. And we are talking about living life, sunny side up, and just basically doing life uh, through diagnosis of breast cancer, through treatment and recovery. And uh, again, we're here with Amy Psycho. She is a three-year cancer yes. survi- breast cancer survivor, also a survivor of melanoma. She's got three teenage triplets, which is bananas. And uh, we're just gonna just about to tackle body image. And if any of you out there are listening, women, you know, body image is is tough when you don't have scars. So we're going to fast forward. You know, Amy has gone through a double mastectomy, lymph node removal, a whole bunch of other things. So let's talk about 
after the vasectomy. Vasectomy. Amy had a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you guys didn't know that. That is awesome. I'm sorry. After, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. After your double mastectomy and your vasectomy, let's talk about what that felt like. Did you feel like you found yourself in a state of where you didn't want to stand in front of the mirror? Of course, of course. So going into it, I, of course, looked at all the pictures on the internet, did a lot of research that I probably shouldn't have. Oh. Uh, you Google know, is it, bad. It is awful, awful. So I highly recommend not doing that if you can. But I, I went into this, I guess, thinking of what I was going to look like, or at least hoping what I was going to look like. Um, and of course, going into it too, I knew that the first surgery wasn't going to be the end of, that was just the beginning of the journey and the beginning of my recovery. So when I went in, I did have the bilateral mastectomy. I did have um, my nipple removed on my left side. Okay. Um, I did go and I had expanders put in. So I know there's different procedures that are, that are done differently based on um, your, your history, your body type. And, uh, what your doctor most most likely likes to do. So there's differences in different procedures and how you can go about your uh, reconstruction from your mastectomy. So let's talk about when you, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. I want to know what your first thoughts were when you looked in the mirror. Oh, when you looked yeah. in the mirror, surgery is over. Did you look right away? I actually, I had tubes in for a few days okay. and bandages. Okay. So I didn't look then. Okay. Um, I went in, I had the tubes removed. The drainage tubes. Mm-hmm. And at that point, she said, you can go home and shower and take the bandages off. So first of all, the, the having the tubes removed was extremely painful for me. That's right. not for everybody. But for me, it was just based on the scarring, I guess, that had already taken place or okay. the healing that had taken place. Um, so when mine were removed, I went home. I said, there's no way anything's touching these. I am going right to bed. Okay. So it was the next day that I woke up and I went in and I was standing in the shower and I didn't have any um, stitches on the outside. So basically, it was glue and tape over the scars. The scars went from my armpit to across where my nipple was. Oh, okay. okay. So, so that's, yeah, so that's mm-hmm. where it was. So I had, was in the shower, and I was trying to remove the tape, and I was crying. And my husband came in, and he's like, what does it what, does it hurt? And I said, no, I don't think I'm healed yet. Like, I was so afraid to just remove it. Okay. So he ended up helping me get the tape off, and, of course, everything was healed. Right. Um, I got out, and I just remember standing in the mirror and just bawling. I was just bawling. And I knew that this wasn't the way I was going to look after everything was said and done. Right. But I couldn't handle it, and my husband just looked at me and said, what's wrong? Oh. I'm like, I'm ugly. Like, this is just, this is horrible. I... I look like Frankenstein. I have these huge scars, very swollen. Right. And he looked at me and said, I'm okay with it. So unless you're planning on showing the world, I think we're okay. <laughs> hey, I almost was going to cry. So, so, I, <laughs> so I started to laugh, of course, right. because in reality, right. that's the truth of it. Okay. I, I'm not out showing the world them. <laughs> and if I can be okay with it and if he's okay with it, I think that's all that matters. Right. And I did know at that point. They... they my plastic surgeon has done wonders, so right. they don't look anything like that. But just the reality of it, I think, all setting in when I looked at myself as to what I had gone through, what I'm going to have to still go through. Okay. That's so, what was hard. Yeah, and what a great moment to treasure because he had me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. And then <laughs> leave it to Mike to make a joke. And I, and I love that. And I love that about you, too, as a couple. So would you quickly just so we can move forward to with, mm-hmm. with your community that we want to share about would you, what would your best advice be for women that are just taking in that image for the first time I mean it has to be so many emotions but almost like that you really need to just embrace that survival exactly I and mean, I know that's what we were really looking to aim at like how do you tackle that you know there's the five stages of grief you grieve loss of your body parts I mean there's no way that you don't right. so You know, what would you say? Just feel it, be present in it. Exactly, exactly. I I mean, it is. It's an amputation of a body part that then you're going to reconstruct. So it is, it's huge. It's, 
It's very hard to wrap your mind around. I always just kept saying to myself, this is how I'm saving my life. This is a life-saving procedure that I'm having so that I can live for many, many more years with my kids and my husband. And it's what I had to do in order to do that. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that it's, I still battle with it, but you need to just allow yourself to feel. And I think that's one of the hardest things is being okay Okay. with your emotions and your feelings and allowing yourself like you said, kind of the grieving process. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to go through that. I mean, you can go from shock of diagnosis to confusion of what are my best options and what should I do right. to being really pissed off. Like, why is this happening to me? And what? why me? Why now? And then to finally coming around to the acceptance of this is happening and I can either really just grab it and run with it, or I can sit and be depressed and upset about it for a very long time. So it's really just being present, allowing yourself to feel those emotions. And, you know, one of my big things is finding the support that you need. I mean, that's huge when you're going through this is really grasping that support that you need. I think you're right. I think with you too, I saw, you know, like we live in a pretty close knit town, I think, you know, and I know that there were so many meals set up and you had so much stuff mm-hmm. and you were like, Amy, do not bring me anything to eat. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and I love that. And, and, you know, and then we talked about when that is over mm-hmm. and kind of how everybody kind of fades back into the woodwork. And now it's been three years and how sometimes it's not that you want the attention, but it's also nice for someone to be like, you know, how are you doing? Right. Because they just assume, I think, you know, you got to know Amy here, though, people. Like, she she did bounce back, and she's totally fine. I mean, we have great conversations, but you're maybe not the norm of, of people that are just have so much of the spirit of perseverance in them. Uh, you know, and I love that that you're gifting that to, the, to these women. So as you're kind of going through um, your coaching techniques mm-hmm. or, you know, just talking, I feel like you probably just automatically create a bond with these women, yes, because you understand and yes, because you've navigated this. And the clients that you're working with now, um, you know, you don't obviously have to name them. But, you know, do you have anybody at the beginning of their journey that maybe hasn't gone through their surgery yet? Or, or have they maybe gone through their surgery and now you're kind of just trying to get them to ride that wave of just getting through those emotions? And what are you giving them to, to kind of hold on to that they can look forward to? Mm-hmm. You know, are, do most of your clients choose reconstruction? It really, it depends. I mean, every woman is different. Every scenario is different. Coaching the women through this, it's not my, um, it's not up to me to make those decisions for them. Okay. What I do is help them create and develop the knowledge that they need so that they feel comfortable in the choices that they're making. So there's women that have a lumpectomy with radiation and chemotherapy. There's women that will have a bilateral mastectomy and maybe won't have to have radiation or chemotherapy depending on the process. So there's all different, every woman's journey is completely different. And I have clients that are pretty much in every aspect of the journey. So I talk you know, pretty much daily with women who are just being diagnosed Right. You know, maybe they just found the lump or they just got the call. And so now they're trying to figure out who do I go see? What kind of questions do I ask? All the way up to women who have already done with their treatment, yet they're kind of feeling those after effects of going through it. I think that's interesting. And when we're talking about how Amy is able to discuss all this with women, she has developed an amazing community. And I've mentioned it before. It's called Living Life Sunny Side Up. You can find that group on Facebook, correct? Yes. And it's public, so it's searchable. Yes. Uh, please, please follow Amy on Facebook on her Living Life Sunny Side Up page. Because if you are not a person that has been affected by breast cancer personally. We all have friends or relatives that have been, or you could even refer somebody there. I I feel like I've really seen you grow. You know, Amy, uh, we failed to mention, when she was doing her um, personal training and everything, she's done a lot of speaking engagements for empowerment for um, teen girls. And then she also worked for the advocate or volunteered or right, represented right. Um, a bre- you know, for breast cancer for the Advocate Healthcare Group here in the Chicago area. And I will tell you, watching you 
being on the outside and seeing you do that, Amy, and being a participant and helping you with the with the girls empowerment things like you shine. But when you are able to speak about your journey and what you have um, come to know and come to understand and balance, you glow. And I find that this is really your gift. And I, and I know that you're going to help so many women just feel loved, encouraged, inspired, and give them the gift of hope. And so I, I, I think you kind of know this. And I know that your sister told, told you that too. But I love this community. I watch you very closely, obviously, because we're friends as well. But um, I can't just, I don't know if commend you is the right word. But what you're doing with something that was so hard for you. Is, is really awesome. So I just... You make me cry. No crying. <laughs> Amy had to suck me. We're going to go there. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Thank you we very just much. Ha- we are going to uh, continue speaking on that. But for the next few moments, you know, do you have anybody in particular that, like I said, you don't have to mention any names mm-hmm. that you find that's really flourishing from your coaching? Like, you know, from somebody's starting point to kind of how you're getting them to to grow or how you're guiding them to grow. Do you, do you see, do you see growth? Do you see, do you see change in, of heart or attitude where it's just like, you know, you're in the right place? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, you know, come to think of one woman who had a bilateral mastectomy. I want to say she's probably about six months out. Okay. Just finishing her, um, reconstruction process at this time and I remember meeting her right after she was diagnosed I mean like I think I can she contacted me the afternoon after she found out she hadn't even had a chance to talk to her breast surgeon yet or anyone like that so she was just taking in this news and she also had very young children she was only I want to say she was in her mid-30s, um, so very, very young, and very young kids, and we were just discussing the different options that might have come her way, uh, because immediately she's thinking of what she's going to do with her kids, right? how, how is she going to handle all their activities and all that balancing, because it is huge. I mean, you really do need that, and now in talking with her, she is a completely different woman. <laughs> I mean, she's just, she's doing very, very well. She um, did end up having the bilateral mastectomy right, due to the type right. of cancer that she had. And she is almost through with the process. And I'm super excited. We're um, hopefully going to meet face-to-face soon because we've actually just talked over the phone. I do a lot of my coaching that way. So I, oh, I work great. with women all over the country. Oh, okay. So okay. it doesn't have to be someone just local. And I'm hoping that we get to connect face to face soon. But she's she is doing very, very well. And it's been actually an honor to see her going through this and just growing and showing her strength throughout. That is amazing. Um, we are going to get ready to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And and uh, you posted an article about foobs, so I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about that. You are listening to Raising the Bar. We are talking to Amy Psycho today and talking about living life sunny side up. And we'll be right back. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. 
For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment you're listening to raising the bar with amy bredo we'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show the email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com that's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com now back to the show Hi, and welcome back to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo and Amy Psycho. Sometimes we call ourselves the Amys, but we are, actually, we call ourselves that a lot. We are talking about living life sunny side up, and that is the name of the community that Amy Psycho leads and coaches women through from diagnosis of breast cancer, through their treatment, reconstruction, Mm -hmm. and afterward, correct? Correct. Now, we were talking about foobs, which I would love for you to explain. When I saw that article, I was like... All right, I know what moobs are. <laughs> foobs. Um, do I want foobs? Do I need foobs? I'm thinking about it. So would you just kind of elaborate now? Is that kind of a way, great way to bring humor through the reconstruction? It is. Okay. It is. So it's, it's out there a little bit, I think, if you're in the <laughs> breast cancer world, that they are foobs once you've gone through the bilateral mastectomy and had your reconstruction. And, and the exact and definition of foobs is? Fake, fake boobs. boobs. But... I want to clarify it's very different than having a breast enhancement done. Which is also no judgment. No judgment whatsoever. <laughs> but it's very different. So when, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that's okay. When, um, when you're diagnosed and you have to make this decision, whether you have a lumpectomy, whether you have a bilateral mastectomy, right. every woman goes through some physical change with their breasts. Okay. So everything that you do, whether, you know, like I said, the lumpectomy with radiation, your skin's different, you still have a scar. And as we know, being women, your breasts are a huge sexual piece to your your womanhood. I mean, they are. And men know that too, obviously. Mm -hmm. But but when you go in for a bilateral mastectomy, and I honestly did not really realize all this prior to doing this myself – and so that's why I try to make more awareness about this. Realize meaning how that would affect you sexually. Um, that and also just the procedure itself. Okay. okay. So what they go in and do is they go in and they basically shell out okay. your entire breast. So okay. you lose all your breast tissue. All right. So what I ended up with, my foobs, <laughs> are actually an implant under my skin. Okay. So it's under my muscle, but under my skin. So I don't have any breast tissue. Okay. Which is very different from women who go in for an enhancement because they maintain a lot of that natural oh, right. fat, I guess you want to say. So the, the boobs are. So the shape, like if I raise my arms, I can get rippling. Oh. You know, it's, it's different. It's very different because you don't have any of that natural things. I mean, you're okay. basically left with an implant. I didn't think of that. You're, you right. have an implant against your skin. Okay. Um, I always laugh and say I felt like two cups were just attached to my chest <laughs> after I just had them on because it felt, like I said, I had an amputation with something stuck back on me, which and did I get, not feel natural right. whatsoever. And, and if I can joke with you, because we are friends, when you were having your fills, and for those of you that are not familiar <laughs> with the breast cancer world and not that I know a ton, 
the fills would be, you would go each week and they would fill you up with more solution to stretch your skin, correct? Do I have that? Correct. Yes. So now, report. yes. Now keep, just think about not having breasts. And then as Amy was having her fills each week, I'd be like, way to go. Like you're making progress, <laughs> you know, but I remember it like almost going and settling into your armpit. It was. I remember, I remember being like, is it going to stay right there? And you're like, no. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry for making your No, questions. they were hard as a rock. Yeah. And like, and very, I remember you not, not sleeping. <laughs> no, I couldn't sleep very well. Um, but I mean, once I had the implants put in, they, they definitely feel more natural now. But after that surgery, a lot of my clients tell me, too, a lot of the women that I work with tell me, it feels like you're wearing this weighted bra because they remove them oh. and then they put the stuff on, but it, you don't feel it's, like they're yours. You? Okay. So it feels like you're just wearing a weighted bra along. And it's kind of funny that almost every woman that I talk to says that. You know, I, I never would have thought of that. I've been um, quite a variety of different weights in my life. So... Years ago, I used to, I love that I'm sharing this, be like double D. And I was like, yeah. But the rest of me was also whatever. It <laughs> but now, like, I'm not anywhere near that. Like, not anywhere near that. But I, you're right, because your whole body, as I'm making hand motions on Periscope, you know, your whole body is adjusting to that, that loss. So you don't realize how significant that is. So now... Everybody's wearing weighted bras. We, we have foobs. We have weighted bras. We have an army, of a, a community of these women yes. who have gone through this. You know, what, is, what has uh, been, you think, um, I mean, you don't have to share this in your own experience, but because breasts are a huge part of our sexuality as women, do you, you know, I'm, I know that the sensations are different if they're there. Sometimes they're not there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's numbness and everything. Do you, do you find... Um, that especially after overcoming cancer, getting your reconstruction done, you've got now amazing foobs. <laughs> yeah, you know, does it does it bring you a different? I don't want to. I keep wanting to say the word confidence. I'm not sure if that's even the correct word that I mean. But you know, you are a survivor. Mm-hmm. You are a champion of this. Like you overcame it. You saved your own life. So in a way, it's is it almost like um, you know? Yes, you have scars, but it's it's like a. a tr- a trophy of overcoming or is that kind of a ridiculous thing to say? I'm trying to no, it is. in a positive perspective for people to not always be upset when they see a scar. Like, yeah, no, I, they're my battle scars. I mean, it embrace is. the change, it is. the positive. It is. Spin. It is. And of course, as the years go on, they get lighter. Okay. Um, they're never going to be gone and they'll always be there to remind me. Along with, like you said, I have a lot of numbness. Okay. I've had nipple reconstruction. I've had, you know, so there's there's a lot there that's never going to be the same. Do they look great under a shirt? Heck yeah. She looks pretty and nice. And a swimsuit. She looks pretty nice but, in a swimsuit. <laughs> but it is a difference and it's something I'll deal with forever. And so there's always that body image, self-image. And I, deal, I do help a lot of women through that even after they've gone through their treatment. Because you are forever changed, whether it's a lumpectomy with radiation and chemo, I mean, losing your hair. Hair is a huge thing. Losing your hair and having to go through that is your body image and your self-image. Um, you know, having having breast reconstruction service, um, surgery, deciding not to reconstruct. There's a lot of women that decide not to reconstruct for personal reasons. So right. there's all different things out there, but no matter which one you choose, most of my clients that I work with do have some form of body image changes. I wouldn't say that it's that they're not happy with it, but it's an acceptance of something new. Okay, so you're tackling that with your clients. Now, on your Facebook page, Living Life Sunny Side Up, mm-hmm. your followers or like likers or, or however we, uh, you know, the people that are really part of that community, they also have an opportunity to connect with each other. Correct. Have you seen or gotten any feedback and maybe any great relationships that have formed with these other women that, you know, you, you had mentioned, and I don't even know why I didn't think of, you know, it's people everywhere. It doesn't mean they're sitting right. in Chicagoland. So I, I love that you're developing a sisterhood or, or this, you know, tribe of women. Um, and you probably see some interaction. I know I've looked at your page and I'll see people commenting and you know, they're cheering each other on, you know, it's got to be such a great feeling, almost like a mama bear kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of love with that camaraderie in that group. You know, do you find that you're getting really great feedback 
from the women that are not only on that Facebook community, but that you're personally coaching. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and I do talk to a lot of women at the beginning stages mm-hmm. of when they're starting to go through this and say, oh, my family's great support. My husband's my awesome, you know, awesome support. I had the same thing, but it's very different for some of the things that you will go through to have women who have gone through it or right. are going through it that really understand all the details of what you're going through because your spouse can be the best person ever. Mine was, I mean, he was so helpful, but yet, like I think you had said earlier in our discussions today, he didn't always get it. He knew there were parts of this that he could not understand right. because he wasn't going through it. And same with my mom. My mom was my cry to person. She right. was a person I cried to almost every day during a period of time, but she would give me her shoulder to cry, and yet she she didn't have answers for me. And I'm not saying these women would have answers, but having that and knowing that support is there and women truly get where you're coming from, it makes all the difference in the world. I love that. And I also... Um Let's talk about kind of how the coaching works. Now, I know you've got the, the public community with Living Life Sunny Side Up, and then do you do group calls? Do you do one-on-one calls? Like, how does how does your um, client base look? Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners you know, that are going to refer people. Your Facebook page mm-hmm. is there, but how does somebody go about getting in touch with you to have that one-on-one time with you? Okay, definitely. Um, you can go to my website, which is amypsycho.com. Let's spell that. spell that out. <laughs> okay. It's A-I-M-E-E-S-U-Y-K-O dot com. And you can go under my coaching page. And under that page, I offer a few different things. Okay. I offer free 10 tips to surviving your diagnosis, which I have a lot of women um, go on and print that off. And it just gives you some steps that you may think might be easy or, you know, Things that you wouldn't think of. So, you know, some of it's just like being an advocate for yourself and why that's so important. You know, finding a team of doctors that you truthfully trust and that you can talk to. Are these them? Yeah, I'm these are them right you here. Know, you, if you want to go ahead and share those, that would be great. Um, I'll, I'll share a few of them yeah. and then they can go on and print okay. it off. And I kind of go through why each of these are important, you know, letting yourself be vulnerable. So they may be things that you might think are common sense, I guess. But in reality, I think they're great to have in front of your face. Or if you know someone who's just recently been diagnosed, you can go out and print this off and maybe that'd be a great gift to give to them. Oh, that's an amazing idea. Yeah. So you can find that, that, you can find it out there. I also um, do a lot of support calls with women. So they're called my breast friend calls. (laughs) So you can find that again on the same page under my coaching page and I offer um, a free call to anyone who's just recently been diagnosed or if you're you know in the middle of treatment and you have questions or you just think maybe you're not understanding some of the things that the doctors are saying or you're kind of uncomfortable about some things or if you're looking for a community or just looking for some support after okay. you're done with treatment Please go out there. I've got, I think I've got about 10 spots for February that are available for that. So you can go on out, fill out the application, and then I'll contact you so we can set up a time that works for both of us. That's good to know. And I mean, 10 seems like a lot, but it's really not when you, well, first of all, well, we no. have 29 days, <laughs> 29 days this year in February, but um, you know, it's it's not a lot of time. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, you came in here with a tickle in your throat and I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. We're like old ladies here. So I love that. So you've got a great community, living life sunny side up. I love that you can share, you know, I'm sure you share tips on how family can be better engaged or better supported. Definitely. So is um, in these last few moments, you know, would, would coaching a woman even to like ways she can discuss her needs with her husband be something that you would be willing to do because I have found that you and I have had private conversation about that. So mm-hmm. throwing you kind of out in front oh, of no, the world Oh, no, that's okay. No, that's okay. And I, I don't think I fully answered your last question that you had. Oh. I do do a lot of one-on-one coaching. Oh, thank you. I am putting together this year, I'm going to be putting together some group coaching. So okay. I'm super excited about that. I also do local meetup groups. So that's for anyone local to this area. I do that. And then um, I'm hoping to start retreats eventually. So some awesome women retreats. I am totally volunteering for that. So I'm super excited and possibly do those in some really nice uh, 
nice warm areas, especially if you live in the Chicagoland area, you'd be up for that. So those are some things that are out there that I'm hoping to start producing throughout the year. So definitely, um, you know, sign up for my email list. You can do that too. Um, just, you know, post on my Living Life Sunnyside Up page and I can get make sure that you're connected with that. I think that's I'm sorry, did I cut oh, you no. off? I apologize. I think that's a great way for people to find you quickly, too, yes. is Facebook, because most everybody is on Facebook. So again, you can follow Amy Psycho on Living Life Sunny Side Up. That is her community page uh, for support for women who are um, in the early stages of breast cancer, during it, after, afterward, and, and um, get involved. I think it's great. Also, we want to convey the message of early detection is important. I vow to do that. And... Um, really being proactive in your treatment, yes, getting answers. I think that, uh, you know, when you're vulnerable like that through something that can be so tragic, it is tragic, uh, regardless of the outcome, you know, that vulnerability makes people very coachable and very pliable, and the friendship that can develop in that is amazing. So I think that you are an absolute gift to anybody that is able to meet you through your community or your one-on-one coaching, and um, I'm really excited to watch you grow. And I'm not really sure why you wouldn't want to have a retreat in Chicago. I mean, winter only lasts Well, no, we can do it in June. So you've got to do winter. I'm just thinking we're in winter right now. So I just want to go somewhere warm right now, actually. <laughs> you know, that our summertime is so long with it only being like 30 days or seconds. No, it would be fun being in the city, 30 too. Seconds it would. Cat. It would. We It'd have really done fun. that. So please check out Amy's website. It's amypsycho.com. It's A-I-M-E-E-S-U-Y-K-O. Dot com. You can read through her blogs. You can uh, please click on her coaching page. Check her out on Facebook. If you've got any questions, comments, or feedback for us, please feel free to email me at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Or like our page also on Facebook, the Raising the Bar page, uh, we will be posting our hilarious selfies. We did Periscope this episode. I wish that we would have gotten the vasectomy part on them <laughs> because we were dying. And I just wanted to thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, sharing what you're doing. Um, just being who you are. You know, again, Amy is a three-year cancer survivor, three teenage triplets, a business, a coach, a mom, a personal trainer, an entrepreneur. She's crazy busy, <laughs> but she makes time for you. And I, I just wanted to share you with everybody because um, you've been an amazing support to me just through friendship. Uh, you're a light to everybody that's around you. I love you very, very much. Aww, and you. I just appreciate you being here with us. So you have been listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo and our wonderful, lovely guest, Amy Psycho. And we will look so forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.